What's going on everyone? If you're watching us on Twitch, hello. And if this is on YouTube, how's it going? We're, this is the sixth power hour we've done. We haven't done one in a little while. But just as a reminder, I'm Brian and Jim is somewhere. Hi, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> I'm here as well. Uh, so, first thing we want to oh, say Oh, also, is... welcome. Brian, okay. shut your face. Just want to welcome everyone to the first Power Hour podcast of 2017. Huh? Was that really worth it, Jim? Oh, that was worth it. I just want to cut you off. <sighs> Try to run a professional thing, and Jim likes to overtalk. Anyway, so I wanted to give people a little bit of update. Jim and I, on top of everything else, have had a ton of both family shit, crazy stuff going on. So we've been balls busy. We're getting now back on track with our regular reviews, at least doing once a week, trying to let them all come out around a Friday. But as you know, I've been playing through Resident Evil. We're going to get back on track with weekly podcast. And yeah, so we're going to try and stay more consistent with our content for you guys, especially on YouTube, on Twitch. It's going to be a random schedule just because it's whenever Jim and I can actually play. But we are back on, so thank you guys who have stuck in there, and for everyone who's been, you know, subscribing to us and continuing to watch our videos, we really appreciate that, and yeah, so we'll just kind of get this thing kicked off how we always do. Let's first talk about what we're drinking. Jim, you're up first, and I can guarantee it's not good beer. <clears throat> hey, how about go fuck yourself? I mean, so, since, like I said, this is the first of the year, I'm going to start it off right. We are drink a beer and play a game, so why don't I drink a gaming-based beer? So I'm drinking the Mortal Kombat Sub-Zero Imperial IPA. Hmm. Better than I would expect it. it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm a man full of surprises, Bri. Let's see here. Refreshingly cooling on a warm day, yet also warming oh, in a cool Christ. An Imperial India Pale Ale that's not about the hops or about the malt, but a whole lot of both, fighting it out for supremacy. Drink icy for more hops, warmer for more malt. Whew. Well, I got this nice and cold. It's 8.5% ABV, which is that's pretty beefy, actually. So by the end of this, I'll probably be feeling pretty nice. Jim, are you going to pee on your wife's phone again? No, that was just <laughs> early in our relationship, like a month in. Why she stayed with me, I don't know. It was probably all the lying I did. All right, well, I'm going with my Lagunitas Brown Sugar Sweet Release. I've drank it multiple times on live streams and playthroughs. Delicious beer, one of my favorites. It's 9.7%, uh, and it's damn delicious. All right, so now that we got that started, uh, Jim, I'm going to let you describe our first topic. It's actually a beer topic, like we like to usually start off with, and... It was a brewmaster who lashed out on a untapped reviewer. And Jim, give a little bit of history as to what it, what we're talking about. All right. <laughs> to be honest, it's been a little while since I read the article, but from what I remember, basically a guy was untapped and, or I should say, untapped, and he Jesus was Christ, basically Jim. critiquing this new beer pub. Shut up. And he checked into the Evil Twin beer. And had the copy-paste IPA. And he gave it one out of five. And his little review was just a weird hint of diactyl. I guess is how you say it. Doesn't help. It needs more malt body hope. Hopes are off slightly. Did I mention the diactyl isn't helping? Question mark. 
Jim, did you that mean to say hops? To read. Yeah, you said Ryan, reading it word for word here. <laughs> okay. You would have thought that, but that's how it's written. Okay. Also, Just the more sure. doesn't have a space between it. There were random capitalizations around this uh, review. So it's a guy who's mastered the English language, obviously. And unfortunately, in the, I don't like to say the land of neckbeards that tend to run these little microbreweries and stuff like that, but they can kind of come at people for little things. So basically, he took to Facebook and let's see. Yes, he wrote, We have a winner. Pay attention, 2017. Diactyl is a thing now with some fancy 80s Kung Fury kind of font and shit like that. Basically being a little snarky prick. And, yeah, and just so everyone is, knows, Jim is now referring to the Brewmaster. Yes, it is the Brewmaster who responded with that. And he wrote a couple different things. Did a Wheel of Fortune, so the, the subject was not a thing, and he had the, you know, the spelling of it, how the guy did it there. Apparently the guy spelled it wrong, the Diacto as well, so... You know, little shit like that. So, in general, uh, you know, giving my first take of that, number one, if there's one thing I hate is snarkiness. And, you know, the guy is critiquing a guy who writes on the Untapped app. And for those of you who are unaware and not big beer fans, um, Untapped is just the app you can use to track all beers you try, give it a quick rating, and, you know, just you can get into the community aspects of it. But it's probably the biggest beer app out there right now. So for anyone to take take anyone's reviews seriously would be the equivalent of, you know, a major, I guess, restaurant going on Yelp and getting really upset at someone who gave them a one star with shitty grammar and, you know, ignores all the great shit people write. So anyway, the point is, I just... I find it really silly i mean it's kind of funny he called out someone because i do enjoy that aspect of it but yeah it seems silly he went that much detailed into it and i've i've heard that other brewmasters get really upset with untapped and how people tend to score their shit um you know they critique the critiquers by saying well they just don't have a refined enough palette this and that and you know beer snobs are just as bad as any type of snob so Eh, it was kind of funny if he would just called him out once, but it seems like he went really all out on it. So, I don't know. I think it's kind of overkill and just a waste of time. But that's what it is. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with Bry. I mean, look, I get it. You're starting your own brewery. So, go you ahead, Jim. What do you think? Flavor. You're putting your heart and soul into it. And you are considering yourself an expert because you're doing the whole process. But come on, man. I mean, I know everyone's got a voice. Everyone has a chance to be their own business. Can we just have a little bit of professionalism? I don't care if you run the job or not. I mean, yeah, like you said, one response, cool, fine. Wendy's does that. But to keep going and going, it just seems really petty to me. It's like a YouTuber like us going <laughs> after a commenter again and again and again for just one little thing that they wrote that's snarky. We get shit on all the time. Especially me, but you don't see me going. <laughs> Damn, I wish I was just a joke, but you don't see me going again and again after one comment. I'll do one little throwback and then it's done. So I don't know. Maybe it's just the like no one's ever criticized him before, and that kind of annoys me, kind of deal. Yeah, Can I say snowflake. You could. I mean, 
Jim, you've been given nicknames by some people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's bad enough you give me all these nicknames. Now I got people calling me Chubbs and... Well, Chubbs really sticks out. That's 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 enough. That's the worst one? Okay. Yeah. So far. Um, I, I will say it's one of those things, though, also. I will say to the critiquer, um, <clears throat> I use Untapped all the time. And to take your time to write some stupid shit. Like, if you're going to write something... Hopefully it would have more meaning or like you're trying to be a little bit more creative with your criticism of a beer versus whatever the fuck it was Jim said he that guy mentioned. And that is just a goofy shit to get upset about. Um, but whatever, you know, the fact is, I think on both sides, everyone's a little bit too sensitive about being critiqued. But yeah, and we'll I guess uh, South Park nailed it again with what they did with Yelp. Just kind of throw it here. Yep. Yeah, exactly. All right, so now we're moving on, and we're going to do this this next segment twice in this podcast. Um, which is better? <laughs> so our last podcast, somebody actually suggested we compare uh, video game cover art with Wolfchild or Where's Waldo? And this was from Jay Benson. So... <laughs> This is one, like, as soon as he said it, I, I'm assuming he was joking, because I don't even know how you begin to compare the two. So, as soon as I pulled it up, I looked. Um, I'll show the images right here. I'll get my thing out of the way. Wolfchild clearly looks better. It's a realistic rendering of, a, I guess, a wolf's eye with, like, like, a kid or a guy in it. And I'm doing this off memory, so if I'm not exactly correct, let me know. So, yeah, what Brian was saying... And I don't know what kids Brian has seen because this is clearly some jacked, yeah. dare I say, hunk of a man and that wolf's eye. I just God, actually like this to kill Brian. God damn it, Jim. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. and then, the Where's Waldo is straight up a Where's Waldo like puzzle, but really poorly done and just kind of goofy looking. So uh, to me, it's a no contest. It's Wolf Child, and I'm assuming it's a joke, but... It was a request, so we take everyone's request and do them. Yep, and Brian, judging by your Hulk review, I'm sure you love the muscle uh, definition. Yeah, that's well, weird. Well, that Jim, you, you don't have any delts, so you don't know. Brian, there's a lot of things I don't have, so yes, you're <laughs> probably right. Uh. Really, Jim? That's a ball tag. <laughs> People that are watching, next time me and Jim do some kind of drinking game, I'm putting that on the ball top tap counter. You guys no. keep track with me. So Jim's owed one. So now moving on to what would be considered in my eyes a more serious, which is better. And this was, of course, from our buddy Kit171. Uh, he asked a question. It's probably been asked many times, but I do like it. It is, which is better, Perfect Dark or GoldenEye for the N64? So, Jim, I will actually let you go first with this one. Alright, I'm going to go first, and I actually had a really tough time trying to decide which I was going to go with. Do I go with the like how important GoldenEye was, and how great it controlled and revolutionized console-based first-person gaming? Or do I go with, say, Perfect Dark, which is definitely a more expansive, definitely a more refined kind of game. Whole lot more to do, whole lot more content. Not to say GoldenEye is lacking, but... Perfect Dark, I mean, it came out later in the N64's lifespan, so it's definitely a better package right there. 
but I'm gonna go with Goldeneye, and I'm gonna go with Goldeneye for one real reason. It doesn't have that goddamn hazy vision disorientation mechanic in it that Perfect Dark has. Because I hated that when I was younger, but going back to now, like, neither game on the N64 is really that playable anymore, but Perfect Dark, when you get punched or when you get tranquilized, holy shit, you might as well just put the controller down and turn off the console because you're going to get killed, it's going to be a while, and it's annoying. And but not to mention the fact that the, or if you use an N-bomb too, or the fact that Perfect Dark still has some of the slowdown issues that Goldeneye had, which either game, if you're using mines, grenades, and rocket launchers, good luck playing it because you have about three frames per second. So just because it has that one gameplay element that keeps it slightly smoother, I am going with Goldeneye. Hmm. Okay. Um, tough for me, too. I definitely spent way more time as a kid playing Goldeneye. I actually didn't play Perfect Dark till we were in college, and we played with Jim's version on the N64. Like Jim mentioned, uh, one thing I think <laughs> gets overshadowed because of how historically important these games are is they don't hold up for shit. Even if you're playing with a bunch of buddies, you might get some laughs out of it, but it really just doesn't hold up anymore. Um, things about Perfect Dark I think are much better are things like the laptop gun, Sentinel Mouse, the turret, the obviously the... Uh, I'm, it's escaping my mind, but you know, the sniper rifle that goes through all the walls. Farsight. Yeah. Um, I really found that interesting, and having only played, once again, Goldeneye growing up, I didn't see anything like that when I was a kid playing multiplayer shooters. Uh, Goldeneye itself, it's... It's really good. The campaign is arguably maybe... I don't want to say it's more interesting. I guess since it's more realistic, uh, you might have more connections to it. But I did find the dark... Um, the per perfect dark, their story a little more interesting and all the aliens and stuff. So I'm actually going to be opposite. I'm going to go with perfect dark. I think it just it expands on what Goldeneye gave you and gave you more options and had more unique weapons. Now, saying that, I completely agree with Jim, though. The haziness is something that annoys the ass out of me with that game. And it almost makes it un unplayable for that reason alone. So, with all that being said, I still have to stick with Perfect Dark. It's a tough nice. question. All right. Um, um, one last thing I'll say about that, that last topic. Jim, this will, I would probably bet, be the one time people agree with you over me. <laughs> I don't know, most people seem to like Perfect Dark more just because it's the better game, but I don't know, maybe Nostalgia will win it for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it's pure. People choose Goldeneye, I think, mostly for Nostalgia. But, yeah, we'll see. All right, so the next topic. We're talking about Crytek shutting down, um, except two offices, obviously, and what developers or publishers uh, surprised us when they went out of business. They could be AAA companies or whatever. But for me, it's kind of simple. It would be THQ and an Ensemble. Now, Ensemble is... They made a lot of my Age of Empires games, Empire Earth games. And I, when I put that put this list together, I didn't list all the games. Because I thought I would remember it all from memory. But that was a studio I really liked. And I wasn't necessarily shocked. I was just sad that they closed. But THQ, I don't think I have to go through all the games they've made. 
that was one that really kind of was like, oh, wow, like, that's crazy. So I get it. Sometimes even a game company that could be fairly successful, maybe they just have a few stinkers and it really just draw, drops their bottom line or maybe they try to go in a different direction too much. Whatever the case may be, um, it's kind of inevitable, unless you're one of the, like the foundation. Like you know, Nintendo, most likely will never close. Or I'm thinking like EA, some studios that really should never close and just keep pumping out yearly titles. But yeah, you never know what's going to happen. The way video game market is, it can be up, it can be down. It all depends. So what about you, Jim? Yeah, um, that's actually a good point about the yearly games because Crytek. And for those who don't know, they were known mainly for making the Crisis games. And they also did Rise, Son of Rome, which was a launch title for the Xbox One. And basically, I mean, they didn't have those yearly fallback revenue producers. Say what you will about EA and Activision. I mean, they're asshole companies. We all know what's wrong with them. And sure, it's annoying when there's a different Madden, a different Call of Duty, a different Assassin's Creed game. Shit like that every year, but without those yearly titles, these companies are probably out of business. I mean, EA even tried to get, you know, make the more hardcore gamers happy by having those weirder titles back in 2010, like the first Mirror's Edge. And they wouldn't have the money to publish games like that if it wasn't for this. So, for Cry- for Crytek, Crisis 3 didn't really do that well. Rise Sun of Rome didn't really do that well, so they were kind of dead in the water after that. But for me, a company that I'm surprised died is... I'm going to go with Acclaim, or at least as a publisher. Because, I mean, through the 90s, man, you couldn't get away from them. They published NBA Jam, Mortal Kombat, even NFL Quarterback Club, which for a few years was a legit contender to Madden, even though it was never as popular. But it was an alternative. And just so many games and so many titles that they put out there. Even a lot of the wrestling games before... THQ of all people and their Aki engine blew them out of the water, but they made like WWF Warzone, Attitude, ECW games. Like they had their feet Jim, a lot of that things. might have been the big I'm, reason why they went out. <laughs> possible. They were never known for their overall quality. So, I mean, <laughs> they had a lot of shit, but I guess eventually the quality comes back to bite you, and people just go, "All right, that's enough." But even the fact that some giants, like, they had to merge together to survive. Like, why Bandai and Namco had to go together. You know, mainly Namco, but they had to merge with Bandai just to stay afloat. Now, do you think there's any any companies at risk, more at risk, that you can think of off the top of your head that could be going down that path? Right now, no, because a lot of the people who are... You know what? Ah, nah, fuck it. I'll just go with Konami because they seem to want to be getting out of the video game industry anyway, so they're not doing really anything PR-wise or game-wise to stop that from happening. So, I mean, we had Metal Gear Solid Five, and what's been after since besides Pachinko Machines? They don't even yeah. have Yu-Gi-Oh cards to fall back on anymore. Oh, no. No Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> don't. But it's a fun game. No. Anyway... No, that's, that's a good point. I mean, well, fuck K- me too. Konami definitely, I think they can just rebrand themselves. Because other than those, what'd you call them, Jim? Pachinko. Yeah. Other than that, and I think they said they wanted to get much more into mobile gaming. 
just rebrand yourself because just let people live with the old Konami in their minds. Don't keep going on and not giving people what they want. Just an opinion. Yeah. Nah, I'm with you there. At least give the games... Like, Konami of all people, they have their own backlog, which is crazy. And then they have the other titles, like when they bought out... There's another one, Hudson Soft. They went down and they got bought out by Konami. Or Rare, who got bought by Microsoft, and then they basically went to obscurity. It's, you know, it can happen to any company, really. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, guys, when you submit these questions, we love it. So don't be afraid to keep submitting stuff to us. But now we move on to one of our bigger uh, topics. And it's just a, it's general with some specifics. Uh, Sex in video games. Uh, Don't worry. We're for sex in video games. And we don't really care, but we there were so, there seems to be more and more uh, topics coming up. Uh, you know, we grew up in the '90s, and sex in video games revolved around things like you know the strippers and Duke Nukem's flashing their titties for money, or GTA, you know, having the hot coffee or hot tea, whatever it was, having the sex in the car, and there hot was coffee. all the yeah, there was all these kind of little controversies around games that always blew up the big thing. So. Now, what seems to be a thing is, I guess you would call it PC sex. Uh, To give you an example, uh, someone had asked us our opinions on Tracer and Overwatch uh, revealed to be a a lesbian seven months after launch. And asking, you know, why do we think it matters? Is Is it scandalous? And right away, I think Jim and I, and Jim, you can correct me if I'm wrong, we had kind of the same opinion. We're like, who really cares? Um, you know, and I think um, Brian, Overwatch. Speak for yourself. Did, I went. Did it and I, I you? burned my cop. Yes, I burned my copy of it, and I actually threw out and uh, took a sledgehammer to my Xbox One because it had that game file on there. Damn it! It's wrong, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> but I mean, I will not stand for a good-looking cartoon character who probably makes out with other good-looking cartoon characters. No, it's wrong. <laughs> Well, I don't even think it's so much a controversy of her being a lesbian. I think people are, and this is my guess, they're more up in You'd arms of fact that it's like, you know, why is she, like, if you could go seven months with the game, like, why do you need to even reveal that in the first place? Like, why is that important? Because just out, like, specifically calling that out is like saying, like, oh, she's different or she's, you know, this per- part of this particular group. If that was really a big thing for the developers, they should have had that kind of from the beginning. Um, part of me leads to, wants me to think that did they do that as just like a PR stunt or something? Because from what I understand with that game, there's a lot of things that end up getting a lot of people pissed off. Like, I guess the one character with different costumes is starting the show that uh, she's like not heavy set and she's actually really skinny, and that, of course, gets a lot of people pissed off for that reason because people get pissed off about everything but anyway yeah. my point the, the is the fat girl isn't fat enough yeah basically so who the hell cares if she's a lesbian if, if the game has a talking gorilla <laughs> yes it does jim um, god damn it people but no like people will get upset if anyone is upset because she's a lesbian i mean that's just fucking stupid who cares but if people are upset because they think it's some kind of ploy uh, once again, who cares? It's yes, it's shitty. Yes, but you know why get upset about that? Um, Jim and I are clearly not the contingent that care enough to really delve 
too deep into this. But it's just one of these things I think you're going to start seeing more and more video game characters. Uh, you know, women, men, doesn't matter. You're going to see them coming out, you know, as gay or homosexual. And it's going to become a, a more regular thing. And there will be some people who are truly offended. You know, whatever. Everyone has their own opinion. But if companies are only doing it to kind of cash in on a market that hasn't been tapped, then that would be kind of shitty. But what else would you expect? Yeah, and our buddy Hibiki says it might just be a way to get people talking about the game more. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And he said, "Contitus," and he said, "Contitus from Final Fantasy X come clean already." I <laughs> agree. Yeah. So, Jim, anything else you want to touch on that before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I don't play Overwatch, but I watch people who do. I don't think the game has that deep a story. I could be wrong, so. Maybe it's just them throwing a little bit of background to a character for the fuck of it. It's their game. They can do what they want with it at the end of the day. And it's not making it a worse game in any way. Her special power isn't that she starts diking out in the middle of the match. Like, it's just, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Let it go. And I don't know. I thought we're, people think we're a more progressive society, but you never know, especially with, and then again, it's the internet, so people are just going to shitpost and fake outrage anyway. Everyone's got an agenda. I don't care. Yep. So, yeah. That's our opinion of that. So keeping on, on the that, sex. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum now. Yes. On the way other end. So, obviously, whether you believe it or not, yeah, there's many people that believe in the past. Women in video games are usually portrayed as, like, you know, overly busty or overly curvy, this or that. And Thank God for that. There's no opposite equivalent to like dealing with the male anatomy, and, and unless it's know, like The Witcher. Yes, and you know, even going down to creating a woman in a game, you can like really adjust almost every attribute of her, and even like her breast size, her ass size, whatever. Well, now I guess for you girls out there, um, in the new Conan game, you can adjust the dong size of your character. <laughs> which, which I actually like I find it funny for the obvious reason but I also was like is it an attribute like are you going to have to go like on top of killing things do you have to like the level at which you please women in that game is that going to be a, <laughs> something you have to deal with because like, otherwise really what is the point and why are you doing it otherwise you get a cheap laugh or kind of like what you know Hibiki just said did they throw that in there purposely to like get people to talk about it? And now people want to buy the game where you can adjust a guy's dong size. I know specifically that Brian really wants to buy the game now because you can adjust a dong size. But Jim, we've already developed who you are in this site. We know you're going to get it. You're going to live out your fantasies of your of your twink friend Rex, <laughs> and <laughs> you know what you're going to do. <laughs> but I, so from the gameplay that I've seen, moving on from the gameplay that I've seen, Jim, what's the matter? Son of a bitch! Hold on, I gotta take a drink. At the bottom, my rage. I upset his cock heart. God, fucking damn it! But from what I've seen, it, they they showed a demo of someone adjusting the dong size, and then the guys just running around, and. I mean, if you think about it, why would anyone give their guy a small dick first off? 
Like, why would you not just give him a big, meaty schlong, you know, the kind you can scare children with? Like, why would you go with something, you know, fucking some little tiny thing? Jim, if you're no trying to, to live out what they really look like. If you're trying to create your realistic no one does that. you'd have to do that. <laughs> well, you know what? Conan can't be overweight either, so I don't think I'm getting what the fuck I have, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to put it down to that goddamn guy's knees and live through him. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I kind of look at the same thing of when you adjust someone like, are you going to give them muscles or are you going to make them fat in the game? And if you're making them fat, you're probably just doing it for like class. But yeah, why would you do that? I don't know. That's <laughs> a silly mechanic. I mean, maybe that's the way create everything will be. Like you literally can affect every, no pun intended, every inch of the character. You can really adjust. But uh-huh. damn it, Jim. I don't know. I think it's it's friggin' ridiculous. Very funny, and I wouldn't be shocked if more games don't follow suit. You know, one game franchise that, now that I think about it, technically did that was um, Saints Row the Third. Uh, when you're adjusting your guy, actually, yeah, I'm almost positive you do adjust that on him. Man. I guess it just wasn't as blatant, and you couldn't run around butt-ass naked, or if you did, there was a little blur sign. So this one is taking kind of a full frontal nudity approach to it. Um, I don't know. It's funny to me. Uh, the biggest problem I think people are going to have with it is the the old adage, like, oh, what if a child gets a hold of this game and plays it? Like, so what? They got to see a dick. You know, what's the big deal? Yeah, I mean, if it's a boy, they, you know, he's they already has one, so what the hell? And if it's a girl, <laughs> you shouldn't be buying her that game anyway. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a goddamn ridiculous thing. My brother actually sent us this link on our Facebook, and we, Jim and I both laughed. I said we'd talk about it, but obviously we're not people you should look to for answers on things like this. Especially on mature subjects like this. Exactly. Now, unless it's actually part of the gameplay, like you said, like maybe there's a mini game where you trap animals with your bird. I don't know. Things can happen. God of War and Witcher, you, you have to hit buttons to bang people, so... Yeah, yeah, we've come a long way since those little um, <laughs> those mini games. Yeah, but in general, I mean, I speaking of God of War and Witcher, and continuing on with the sex talk, um, you can tell games are becoming more and more cinematic, more and more serious. Uh, the writing in games is becoming way more serious. Like some of them, you can consider almost like HBO level shows. The way they write out the scripts for these games, and of course. If they're going to write to that level, those games probably aren't really meant for people about, like, you know, for younger kids. They're going to be meant for older teenagers or older people that grew up with games and want something a little more serious. So, naturally, you got to start adding in the sex because sex sells, as we all know. And, you know, we can talk about how many great games, but Witcher, which won so many goddamn awards, one of the first things people will talk about is the sex you can have in it and how crazy it is so i'm sure this is going to be a trend that's only going to go up it's not going to go down and people just kind of have to get with the program yeah true i mean the first witcher game had a collectible card game of naked women so what are you going to do sex is out there people throw it in there is it necessary all the time maybe maybe not depends on what kind of game but at the end of the day yeah whatever Maybe it's just because I'm old at this point. I don't really care as much. <laughs> Jim, stop leaving yourself open for me to make comments. <laughs> God. God. <laughs> fucking damn it. 
Jim. <laughs> Don't you Jim me. Don't you Jim me, you son of a bitch. Oh, I love it. So, Jim, here's What's the next topic, to... Brian? Well, that's what I was going to say. You have to think of a topic while I give some announcement about the site and generally updating people as to where we are right now. So the first right. thing is um, we're going to be finishing out the rest of February doing uh, another set of Marvel games. So if you've been following us on YouTube, obviously you've seen we did the Hulk on the NES and then the Incredible Hulk on PS2. Kind of similarly, we're starting the next review is going to be the Punisher on NES and then the Punisher on PS2. We had grand plans of doing a lot more Marvel games, but like Jim mentioned, and I mentioned at the beginning of the video, we've been so busy and so many things have just come up in our lives personally that we, you know, we, we now probably on most months are going to stick to one review per week. It still won't affect our podcast videos or other videos we may add, but we're going to stick to just one review a week just because of how busy we are. And um, February was kind of going to be a very specific month. I don't want to give it away in case it comes back, but now we're just thinking ahead to March. And if you guys remember one of our old videos where we went over the calendar of each theme month, that is Jim's month since that's when he was born. I'm not going to tell you what games he has. <laughs> um, they're unique for sure. And if you know our site, we tend to do less popular games sometimes. None of these are going to be popular, so don't worry about that. Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll, one people have heard of. Maybe. It'll be interesting. Those videos always seem to do good for us, though, because nobody else wants to Because no one else it. talks about them, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like that, every time we do a random game, uh, like the last video that was made as a review was done like four years ago. So we tend to get a little boost that way because people are like, oh, here's a recent video reviewing it. Yeah. So then moving from March to April, we, uh, we have a really fun month set for you guys. I won't tell you all the specifics right now, but I will say it is wrestling games, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm sure if you're watching this video and you comment on YouTube, you'll probably throw some suggestions out there. We do have set games, but I think it's ones you guys are going to like, so just hold tight for that. And then finally, we come to May, which is our viewer month. Uh, last year, we started our viewer month for you guys because... You know, we started to get a lot more comments in the past year and a half. And, you know, you guys are very vocal, which we love. And we wanted to do games you guys want to see us review. Unfortunately, last year, somehow goddamn Parappa the Rapper got chosen. And we had to play all those games. Jim loved it. I had and, no complaints. No complaints yeah, here. I, I wasn't thrilled with it. But you know what? I did it all for you guys. And I don't mind it. So this year... We're kind of trying to focus based on some comments we've gotten over the years, games people have asked us. And keeping in mind we're only doing four reviews for the month, um, we're narrowing it down to two, I guess, main topics. And we want to have you guys start voting even as of now. Start letting us know either you want us to review Batman video games or Star Wars video games. Both of those have huge library of games. Star Wars, obviously. Too huge. More, but with whoever gets chosen, we have plenty of... We each own plenty of games from each of those. So um, we're not necessarily going to have you guys dictate which ones are review. But we want you to pick which series you'd like us to review more. 
Um, I can tell you, Jim. Voting starts both, now. Yep, I can tell you we're both huge fans of both of those. We don't have a preference, so whatever you guys want to see, just please start voting. You can do it on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, obviously in the comments below on YouTube. Wherever you're going to write it, we're going to tally it up. And yes, we will actually tally it up and count it because we do pay attention to all of that stuff. So start letting us know now. Um, yeah, and we always have fun with your request month, so either yeah. way, we're going to be happy. So, obviously, as we keep doing these podcasts every week, we're going to be letting you guys know where we're at, what we're doing. And when we get closer, I will reveal which games we're doing for Gems Month in March. Um, but I just want to, I like giving you guys a heads up of what's, what to look forward to and what's coming down the line. So now, Jim, it is your turn for the topic. Yep. All right. So we didn't have a overrated, underrated setup for this week. So... I want to keep this kind of vague, but it's one that people seem to have really strong feelings of in the gaming community. Overrated, underrated, sports games. That is but... Listen, okay. some people out there, they refuse to play them. They hate them. They hate what they stand for. They think it's casual okay, gamer so trash. How about we just at least leave that to triple uh, A sports title game? All right, AAA sports title games. That's that's okay. fine. All right. Um, I'll go first. So, someone, someone who's played, you know, we're going to, this is basically going to stick to basically like your Maddens, your 2Ks, your this, your that, your EA titles, and just me. This doesn't count like Tecmo or the kind of one-offs, NBA Jam, things like that. Um, sports games in general, I can get wise. I'll call them more traditional gamers might dislike them but let's not forget I mean sports titles are number one kind of the reason that Genesis was able to survive as long as it did let me get that out there right now but don't such forget a hater. gamer gamers such a hater are Jim you can't deny it you can say whatever you want other than Sonic and sports games Genesis would not have been around it would have been the I'm not getting into this right now I'm not yeah. getting into this. <laughs> but, no, sports games are absolutely necessary because nobody should really dictate to someone else what type of games count as a video game or what should go or can't go. And really, as long as it's not like a developer you absolutely love who just decides, well, I'm going to drop everything we're doing from titles you guys usually love and only do sports games, what's the harm in it? Like, nobody's asked you to go and get an NBA game or... Um, you know, get the latest Madden game. If you are a hardcore sports fan, yeah, you're going to shell out that money every year. I think, like most things, like Call of Duty, what I'm playing right now, you unfortunately have to deal with the fact that, yeah, you're not getting a, usually a complete new package, just kind of upgrade every year. But if you're enjoying yourself, who the hell gives a shit? Um, I'm going to have to go with underrated because I don't think anyone really overrates sports games. They know exactly what they are. Um, anyway, <laughs> no, so it's definitely, it's definitely underrated. There's, to me, there's no question about it. Um, if you were comparing AAA games to non-AAA games, that's a whole different topic. And I think the creativity is obviously much better for non-AAA titles, but they're necessary. And I think one of the things they probably provide the most to the gaming community is 
gaming technology because of any title they care the most about how realistic the graphics are and sound is they want to get you as close to feeling like you're actually playing as your favorite you know football team or baseball team and so they're probably going to be investing in the latest technology to really render people the, in the best light possible which will only help gaming the gaming industry in general so i think it's underrated all right, not bad point. Try fucking with your mic again, by the way. But yeah, for me, when it comes to these AAA sports games, I'm gonna go with underrated as well. Um, I mean, I know for the most part they're carbon copies of the year before, and in a lot of ways, you could easily just update the rosters year after year. But sometimes, like with Madden, they'll make gameplay changes. NHL series has done it as well, but. For the most part, these are consistently well-made, a lot like our argument with Call of Duty when we did overrated, underrated with that. They're well-made, they're sellers, they keep these AAA companies afloat. And I want to go in a different tangent for why they're important, because you can't take away the sales you get from a consistent fan base for these kind of games. Because if you talk about, say, classic retro systems, like Bryce said with the Genesis, or with, say, the NES... If you ask people about the games outside of the Nintendo classics like Mario and, you know, Zelda, shit like that, sooner or later, sooner than later, you're going to hear people say Double Dribble. You're going to hear them say Tecmo Bowl and Tecmo Super Bowl. And I know those are outside of the realm of these AAA titles we're talking about right now that come out year after year, but sports games, they help a console. Let's take a look at the Nintendo Switch in their press conference because... It was kind of a big deal that EA was there, and people were like, oh shit, EA's here. And they talked about the FIFA game that's coming out. And people were like, oh, okay, a FIFA game. And, you know, they were saying, oh, EA's on board. Awesome, this will help. It's a third party. But then they came back and said, we're going to give them this FIFA game, but we're not going to do more unless it sells. So I think it would help the console more. And, you know, we're American, so we don't really care, but... FIFA is the biggest, you know, soccer is the biggest sport in the world. So no matter what, that will help sales. And at least people who before would have been like, oh, I'm not going to buy this because it doesn't have sports games on it. They might. Like the teaser trailer for the first time for the Switch, it showed NBA Live. So they're trying to bring that in. And I think it's very important, almost a necessary evil for these kinds of consoles to have these games. So getting back to what I said, I'm definitely going with Overrated. I get that hardcore gamers hate it because it's not like as in depth as a JRPG, but Jim, do you mean underrated? What did I say, overrated? Yep. Ah, fuck. I meant underrated. God <laughs> damn it. Merp. <sighs> yeah, that's a merp. I'll blame the beer, but <laughs> we can say Sub Zero froze me in place. But yeah, they're 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 underrated. They're they're necessary. They're needed, and I was going to close with some point, and I forget it now. So, fuck me, and there we go. All go right. on. So, for our last topic. It better go be good. Little... I think it might be. I think it might be. So, what gaming concept has come out, like hardware, software, whatever, over time that kind of, it could be a console, it could be an add-on. It could be something that came out, and it just fared miserably but you saw so much potential in it and you still kind of think it's cool even though it's a shit pile. So to kind of give you an idea of what I mean, do you remember the Mattel Hyperscan? Yeah, 
hyper scam. Is that that shitty attempt to do 3D? No. The hyper scan was a cheapo console that came out, came with one controller, and you came with cards for every game that you bought. And you use these cards, which were like character cards, and you would scan oh, them into the yeah. console. And I remember when this thing came out, I actually wanted one. And I didn't work at the time, so I didn't have the money for it. And kind of thank God I didn't pay full price for it. But, I mean, the thing was a shit pile. It took like over a minute and a half sometimes to load an actual character in there. But I still think the concept behind that was really cool. I think having... It's almost like what they... I mean, if they gave that a Pokemon game and you made it not take forever to load, I think that console could have had a chance. And Nintendo and their infinite wisdom, they pulled an apple and they took a concept and kind of perfected it because the Amiibos are kind of the next generation of that, in my opinion. It saves data. You can store your own characters on there. You can use them to train against themselves. Shit like that. And it's cool to just have a thing in your hand that you can put into the video game that's yours and tailored your way. So I always thought that was kind of a really cool thing, and for obvious reasons, it crashed and burned. But that's something I would have really liked to have seen either a Hyperscan 2 or just kind of revisited in some way. Okay. Um, huh. This is an interesting one. I'm sitting here Told trying you. to think of something that actually... See, most of the shit I'm thinking of stuff that succeeded. Um... Huh. All right, well, I'll first, I'll give what I'd like to call my generic answer and be thinking about a better one. Uh, I don't think there's any, how do I put this? Obviously, there was those Tiger wristwatch games. And they, they did yes. make the wrist, yes. So, as a kid, I had an actual Game Boy. So I had no need for Tiger, you know, the little handheld Tigers. I still somehow found myself buying them and getting an odd joy out of them, even though they were complete shit. And once they put it onto a, you know, a wristwatch, I love that as a kid who probably should have been diagnosed with ADD in school um, as a way to kill time. And I think... That was like the ultimate portable just way to kind of distract you. Just like Jim, I don't need to go into why it failed. I mean, Tiger, all the Tiger handhelds and everything failed pretty miserably. And the games were laughably bad. But still, it was just something to do. And you really need to be a certain age and a certain like type of kid to have enough imagination to have fun with a game like that. Because you need to fill in so many blanks so many things you just you know it, it required a certain level as a kid who loved drawing loved creating things i would i always considered myself very imaginative so i had no problem in that realm um it's something that's kind of died out now we all have obviously phones as i'm holding up here which are everything mobile you really need and even people who still stick with nintendo handhelds or Whatever handheld video games, they're obviously much better. I'm not suggesting they ever need to go back to a wristwatch, but at that time, I thought that was something that was actually really cool and more futuristic than having, you know, a little Game Boy that needed four AA batteries. I don't know. I thought it was unique. It was kind of cool, um, but I have no question 
I'm not arguing the fact that it should have went away because it needed to. But still, kind of a neat little concept. Yeah, you know what? I actually remember kids who had the Tiger wristwatches, and I was like, oh, my parents <laughs> would never buy me that. But I really yeah. did want one so bad. <laughs> but then again, I saw the Tiger R Zone, and I was like, oh, that looks cool too. And once again, luckily, I didn't get that either. Yeah. No, so that's interesting. I mean, one thing I uh, – it, it's a semi-tangent, but more and more, I don't think any company is willing to try anything to outside the realm of a typical console anymore. Um, I remember when we were still in high school, what was that one thing? Like the uh, Gizmo or Gizmodo, some crazy little you had the, thing? You had the Gizmondo, you had the N-Gage, you had all those – hybrid cell phone video game portable platform things yeah yeah those and one of the things jim and i when we visit thrift shops or toy stores uh you know you have the things where it's just a direct plug into your tv playing like there's star wars versions of them there's so many different versions of those type of i don't even know what to call those devices just plug-in video games but they're plug and place yeah i don't see that coming out anymore the closest equivalent would be like the Atari Flashback, the NES Classic Edition. But yep. I don't see any more of those. And it's kind of sad because not saying any of them were that good, but you know, it usually takes someone pretty with some ingenuity or some creativity to really be willing to come out and try something different. It might fail, but I at least always admired that. And hopefully in the future, we'll see more people just not go right to an iOS game or, you know, go to an indie developer on a computer. You know, try something different that can give someone a new experience. Yeah, the closest thing we have now are those shitty knockoff consoles you can get at Walgreens. Kind of sad when you think about it. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right, but I think that now is a good note to go out on. Uh, Bri, want to talk about your beer? Yeah. Uh, I've said it many times. The brown sugar is definitely Lagunitas, their best beer. I don't think it's necessarily their flagship. I think their little something something is. But this is one they they made a beer called Lagunitas Sucks because they can't keep this in stock long enough. So it's seasonal. But if you can get your hand on a case of it, it's worth the money. It might be expensive. Really good. Uh, two of these, you'd easily be really buzzed or drunk depending on how well you handle alcohol. And I love it. Nice. And yeah, for my Sub-Zero IPA here, I'm actually going to go and say it's surprisingly decent. Um, certainly not the best IPA I've ever had, but it's very easy to drink. It's got a lot of mouthfeel to it. And to be honest with you, it doesn't have a big initial taste when it hits your tongue, but the aftertaste kind of just sticks with you. And it's a nice balance between the hops and malt. It isn't just like all hops tearing apart your throat or all malt, like, you know, closing it up because it's so thick. They have a nice balance there, but you can really taste all the flavors. It's kind of a generic IPA taste, but what they did, it's pretty good. It's not bad. And I bought this big boy here, the 1.6 ounces for 10 bucks. And if you can get it for that, I would say definitely give it a shot. Nice. All right, guys. Well, like, like we said at the beginning, you know, thank you guys for watching, continuing to support us. We are getting back on track. Uh, we are going to try and keep this podcast weekly. So send us topics if you want to hear us talk about stuff. 
And as always, guys, cheers. Cheers.